Hey humans, it's official. I'm calling this season two. So on this, the second episode of our now newest season of Being Human, we are revisiting a human experience covered in season one in the Being Beautiful episode with the one and only Lisa motherfucking Anderson, aka one of the amazing stylists and community creators at the Grey House Salon. My guests today are not one, not two, but three lovely humans you heard us refer to as Lisa's Bebe Birds, aka the newly graduated students from Zanans who are now working with her at the Grey House Salon. Me and these lovely humans talk all about cultivating community, creating environments where people feel good and love and collaborative together. And I ooh and goo again over how much I just love my stylist and getting my hair done and the environment they have created as a client. Um, We get deep, of course, and talk about our own personal experiences as weirdos, weirdos, neurodiverse, and a lot of Scorpio in this episode, which I love. So I will let them introduce themselves, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode on season two about being human. forgot the disclaimer. So on this episode, as I said, we do share a lot of our own personal experiences. And hopefully if you've noticed, I like to have these conversations be real, genuine conversations that flow. And so we share some experiences from our adolescence um, and we make some quotes from our parents um, that we can laugh at now um, as we've healed. But um, we did quote some parental units and some of the terrible things they had said to us. So um, this little warning is just because um, we left in a word that was used um that is a slur and the reason i left it in and edit it out is because it was in context of being quoted to this person uh, by their parent and i think that that is important things to share as they are realities in the home um but also because we're sharing it and you can hear um the laughter as we have grown and moved and like we talk about evolving and our parents evolving and like moving forward from something like that and i think that's an important experience to share as well um but i did want to just say at the top here um i sorry i didn't clock exactly where in the episode it is but once we start talking about what high school was like for us you know it's gonna be somewhere in there for sure (laughs) so um i'm sorry to the listeners um but i do think um these genuine conversations are important to present in context and so i'm just gonna give this context up front um for those listening ears though so that it doesn't hit you hard when you hear it um um, but um, yeah, so without further ado, then me and the baby birds. Boop. Okay, I'm gonna put this here. Ugh. Okay, <clears throat> don't laugh at me. <laughs> hey, humans, welcome back to the Being Human podcast. Super excited to do a follow-up episode from our Being Beautiful with the one, the only, Lisa motherfucking Anderson. But today we have three of her beautiful baby birds. If you listen to the episode, you know the baby birds are awesome stylists who work at Grey House Salon with my stylist, Lisa. Uh, and they're here today to talk all kinds of stuff about being cool-ass alternative humans and hairstylist. So, Baby Birds, please introduce yourself to the audience with whatever parts of your identity you would like. I'm Ryan. Um, I'm a Scorpio. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm Gil. I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> so. Nice. Uh, I'm Hayden. I'm a Pisces. It's Pisces season! It is! Alright, the season excited? of yeah, healing, of like resting. You know, I'm getting there. Oh, yeah, we've got yeah. those few steps that we've been oh, talking about. <laughs> See, I'm a Pisces moon, so I'm going through it. You know yeah, <laughs> no, but it should be good energy for you. No. <laughs> but it's Me. healing one way or the other. 
inhaling one way or the other. Oh, God, yeah. It is ready, but I'm also doing real bad. Yeah, it's really hard to get to the great thing, but if I keep pushing. It sucks. Well, from all of the Zodiac talk, you might guess that some of our guests here are queer like me. Do they linked? <laughs> well, scientifically. I mean, you we know, might get to the heart of it by the end of this, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you haven't heard we are a cult and converting people. It is the gay agenda, as they say. It so, is. welcome to the indoctrination. There's so many signs. People are always telling me I'm gay, but I just don't know. Well, guess what? Everybody's gay. But we'll get into that later. It's a spectrum. First, <laughs> let's talk. We have to ask everyone hates and loves this question, but I ask all the guests. To just briefly describe before we start, like, any way you want, the human experience or being a human person. How would you sum that up in as few words as you can, even though it's really hard to do? <laughs> mm, I think being a human is finding your passions and connecting with people who have similar passions. Hell yeah, community. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it might be like a, like a Buddha teaching or something, but it was like, life is suffering but even through suffering like you need to find the joy in it basically like that's our life like every little moment is like a little suffer but you just have to you have to figure out how to live with it and be content with it the joy of suffering well and i would say too even more so to that it's the acceptance of suffering and being able to cultivate joy and pleasure and fun and community and connection and excitement and not let that suffer like yeah, away from those things exactly yeah. for sure because yeah like you know no you only grow through struggle like suffering struggle whatever you want to call it so yeah. in the way that is the quote-unquote joy of it is you'll grow stretches a human person hopefully but some of us unfortunately don't <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh i would say it's a lot of like faking it till you make it type yeah. of situations uh i really do agree with the experiencing pain and suffering and still like having to go through with life because when you think about it no other mammal experiences it in the same way we do like no. uh, a lot of animals don't find pleasure in things or like can't have like they can have Ooh. herds but they can't have as deep of a community or, like, I would emotional disagree connection. I would say that's what humans think about animals because we're fucking egotistical And we don't understand how they experience joy and pleasure and excitement, right? And so that's why we have developed this weird complex where we think we're different than them, Uh, right? But we're not. I meant like the anatomy of animals and how it's like actually painful for a lot of them. Oh. (laughs) No, 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 no. Right, nature. I just didn't want to be like, they can't have oh. sex fun times. <laughs> Not all of them, but yeah, like, uh, oh my god, like, uh, bed bugs, do you know how they, like, no, get... No, I do not. Oh, oh bed, so this is terrible. Bed bugs, Ooh. the males, dick is literally like a little knife, and it just stabs all over, and then it's playing semen in the woman, and then... They just... Ducks. Ducks. Yeah, Ducks. The female duck vagina corkscrews one way, and the male penis of a duck corkscrews the opposite way. Okay, but... Also, like, oh. right? Do you think that that's what I mean? I think that, like, we interpret how we would experience that. I'm not saying it's not painful, but, like, that's the me. We don't know, like, how they experience pain or, like, what pain. No, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's a great point. So I think it's just interesting. Not that it wouldn't be, it could be very awful. Just, I'm not saying it's not, but, yeah. like, I just think we think we know, like, what it's mm-hmm. doing because we're putting it in, like, yeah, that's if true. that were our. <laughs> that would Hell suck. yeah. And also we live in, like, regular <coughs> society where we are just constantly being brutalized by our own kind. Yes. So I think it's, like, <laughs> makes patriarchy feel better to point out, like, patriarchy uses biology to be like, well, see, like, it's natural for rape. That used to be a thing in the 70s. They interviewed a bunch of dudes who were in jail in the 70s who for rape. It's this weird, you can probably YouTube it. And they constantly use shit like that where it's, it's just natural. You see that. And it's like, oh my God. Okay. That's why there's so you know. much stigma about BDSM and stuff. Yes. Because they're like, yes. there are very bad people that mm-hmm. use that to hurt other individuals and take advantage of them. And then there's other people that are very respectful and do it in a healthy way. Exactly. Exactly. Because as someone who loves to fucking be spanked in the ass. <laughs> Sorry. Conceptually. 
<laughs> or a part of the veganism culture, exactly. It's frustrating that we don't have a better understanding of like consent, so everyone can have the pleasure that they want, yeah. like without stigma or weird fucking abusive shit happening so often. Right? Well, they think teaching consent is like part of the gay agenda, I guess. Yeah. That's right. Bad, right? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, we just like want children to not have to be hugged by people if they don't want to. Oh my god. fun drag queens dance and sing Christmas carol. I think a huge thing <laughs> about consent and like the mis not misunderstanding but the complete like disregard of what it actually is is anything but no is consent but it's really anything but yes is not consent yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people don't understand that line well and also I will say as someone who sex education sexual entity that's like a huge part of my practice and just my overall career because as a queer who is just like why is everyone so fucking weird about sex <laughs> my whole life uh again i was like why are we like growing up masturbation you guys <laughs> why would we not want children masturbating if you don't want your kid to get pregnant or an sti guys let them fucking use their hand to get off for as long as they yeah. fucking want to how did we it also is a health, it shows healthy it's brain wild. development. It yeah. puts oxygen in your brain, orgasms, oxytocin. You don't even have to orgasm though. Like literally, yeah, just touching your body, but it's really your genitals in like a pleasurable way. <laughs> literally helps your brain. Your brain. Anyway, it's, yeah, sorry. This is like a soapbox of mine, <laughs> obviously. Um, because it, we restrict ourselves, right, from freedoms, as we'll get into talking about being queer and alternative and neurodiverse and a real red, red, red part of the country, that's, like, the problem they're doing. Is there, like, policing just, like, people's ability to be like, hmm, what do I want to do with my body and who I am and being able to do that with, like, consequences, like, legal consequences, like, going to jail for performing drag or whatever, right? Wild. Wild. Like, maybe you'll always have homophobic, like, people who are dicks. I'm not talking about that kind of consequence. I'm talking about, like, there's so much more than that, right? Mm-hmm. It's more than just, like, people being assholes that prevent you from being like, well, maybe I don't want to tell them I'm gay or whatever. It's like now we're literally trying to use, like, the arm of the state about it? Like, how? Why? <laughs> Why? Um, but So <laughs> I want to hear, and so does the audience, not for me, because they hear from me all the time, but from you guys. So on that note, like, right experiences you guys have had being in this very red state with being fucking cool, rad, awesome individual people. Tell me, where would you like to begin? <laughs> yeah, okay. Really, this is how the circle goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did have an established circle. This is true. Uh, it's more like a snake. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I feel like... I don't, I used to be fucking, I used to have a lot of problems with being alternative and, like, younger, um, but I think now that I'm close to my 30s, like, uh, I'm able to ignore it a little bit better, like, people definitely look at me, I've got brightly colored hair and a lot of tattoos and shit in my face, but, I don't know, I've, I've got fucking Scorpio in me, so, yeah. I walk, walk really tall, you know? <laughs> well, and so, this is a great, are you all from, like, Omaha area, like, or Nebraska area? Yeah. Right, you're all from this, like, here originally, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we can talk, start with a little bit, like, what did you look like? Ooh, I have pictures of me, as you can see, growing up, and then I want to <laughs> see what you turned into. Cause, so, these are pictures of me and my beautiful oh, no. dead girlfriend, because everyone on the podcast knows Jenna's big trauma is her queer girl lover died when we were 17. Aww. Yes, and we were, you know, we're closeted Catholic girls, and so she's literally... <laughs> The only person I had. Anyways, we are traumatizing. But this is us at 13 and 16. And so this is what I looked like trying to fit in to my community. You look so straight. Oh my god, yeah. Isn't it cute? But okay, this little gal, this little 13 year old, this bitch knew. She was like, I want a nose ring. I want tattoos everywhere. I want that colored hair. And I even, because Mary Magdalene was like my idol, and I was like, I want to be a fucking slut. (laughs) But then, you know, you're like, oh no, I want to fit in. And so it took me a while. And so I feel like when she looks at me now, she's like, we did it. Like, we got there. So, like, thinking about you guys, like, were you ever this version of yourselves? And what was that like? I don't think so. And or how did you, yeah, figure out what, like, your style, your vibe, like, the things that you wanted to do. I feel like 
ever since I was really little. Uh, it might be because I was only in private Lutheran school for kindergarten and first grade, and after that, oh, public, lucky duck. Right? Lucky duck. I guess. I mean, no, they're all bad, but yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. And this, <laughs> anyway, um, so like, yeah, I was. I've always been like the weird kid, and when people told me I looked weird, like, why are you wearing so much makeup? Right, I would be like, I'm wearing eyeliner. What do you mean so much? Um, I don't know. Yeah, like, you had a strong sense of self from the game. I can identify with that for sure. Like, because I was like, even being in, like, a really religious, like, um, again, like, the audience knows, like, I was from a small town, and then, like, not just, like, being in a Catholic school, but, like, it was, like, a real culty environment because the school and my home and the church were all one entity, and my parents were kind of, like, higher up in the uh, church my dad was like the accountant. Um, anyway, so you got to present a certain way, right. right? And it was very super weird. So it was a lot of like uniforms in school, layers for me, like getting to that. But like I still always was like, well, I mean, like I'm eventually going to be able to do whatever the fuck I want. Like I couldn't present it that way, but I was like, oh, but I mean, I, this is all dumb. In first grade, I was like, why aren't dinosaurs in the Bible? And I was like, isn't this whole Adam and Eve thing like incest if they like? <laughs> populated the planet, but they were the only ones there with their kids. And the priest was like, oh, like, it's a story. But then eventually in high school, they're like, no, it's not. And I was like, okay, this shit right. makes no sense. So I've always, like, questioned from a really young age, which I think is, like, I don't know where that came from, but I'm very grateful. Because I think it would have been a lot harder to I, get there. I had, like, one moment that I can remember being in private school, asking my mom, like, you know, obviously Christians believe in, like, heaven, whatever, right? And I knew that there were other religions that existed, and I asked her, I was like, well, do those religions, do they have, do they get to go heaven, go to their own heaven? And she was like, no. Mm -hmm. I was like, but why? And she was like, don't you worry about it, because I was fucking seven. Yeah. Yeah, but. Oh, yeah. yeah. Religion's weird. What about you guys? Did you ever try to look one way, or were you always kind of cultivating Um, this? well, yeah, like, I grew up in the Catholic Church. I went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. <sighs> And, uh, so My yeah, so you're stuck in, you know, you, you have to wear a uniform, you have to look a certain way, you cannot wear makeup, you can't paint your nails, you can't color your hair. You couldn't paint your nails? Absolutely not. Only no. natural hair color. One time I put, one time I had shellac nails done when I was in elementary school because, you know, one of my friend's moms got a kit. Yeah. Yeah. And when I went to school the next day, they made me go to the office and peel them off. That, that is And it hurt really yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. They didn't care. Why would they care? I know, and it's also like, okay, <coughs> you can't give them a day to get it. You know, exactly. It's yeah. like, okay, if that's your rule, whatever, but, like, can no, you not be like, they're, and they were really, have an off by tomorrow. They were really whatever. awful about it, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I definitely, like, when I was young, I, well, I, you know, I thought I was wanted to be a boy. <laughs> you know, I thought I was. There was a while where I dressed, like, in boy clothes and yeah. told people that I, you know, I was supposed to be a boy, but, like, you know, God... Must have fucked up. <laughs> and, uh... Back, back. Just, you know, hit the wrong button. Hit the just, wrong button. Oh, he's so great, but, oh! Uh, every <laughs> once in a while, <laughs> drinking on the job. But, yeah, I, so there was that whole phase of my life, and then definitely uh, I started, like, coloring my hair and stuff when I was 13, because I went, I went out of Catholic school and went into public school because, you know, the Catholic school was so bad. Yeah. And, uh, and then I went right back into Catholic school, so I oh. was just dyeing my hair black and getting it cut real scene-like, and, but I had to wear the uniform, and, but people were afraid of me. I mean, oh. I was the only alternative-looking person at my Catholic high school by, like, I mean, absolutely, that is a statement I can make feeling absolutely confident. Yeah. people were afraid of me, they just, they just called me names and told me I was weird. Oh, people were afraid of me, I didn't even have makeup on. Didn't even have makeup on, no, like, How no big was your, like, class at your school? Uh, I think we started as, like, 160, but we were the smallest class. Yeah, mine is 28. Yeah, well, my <laughs> elementary school class yeah. was 14. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, a weird thing, though. Part of, like, it, for me, being a smaller setting was helpful in a lot of ways, but, like, yeah, then all of the, though. I still knew everybody. Stuff. Yeah. I knew every single mixed. one of yeah. those 160 girls. Yeah. I, I knew all of them. Yeah. That's you're a great person, buddy. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Hayden? How was your growing up and oh, figuring it out? Jesus Christ. Um, no, yeah, it was. Oh, I oh, went to so Catholic elementary school and Catholic high school. Oh, yeah, okay. And then Brothers junior year, I went to public high school. But when I 
was in Catholic elementary school, I liked to wear a lot of black and I had a long haircut. It was down to my butt, no color, no light, like, it was the longest, most Victorian hair you can imagine. <laughs> I used to want hair down uh, my butt so bad. Oh, me too. I and, wanted Pocahontas so bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, same. And then I was like, you know, this makes me feel very feminine. And I didn't like it at all. And my parents were just very upset with the fact that I did not want to present feminine. And that I wanted to present alternative as well. Like, I was accused of devil worship by my parents oh, because God. I wore black clothing. Oh, yeah. And I had rocks like that yeah Man. people are no. wild did your parents try to make you stop wearing black because that's really the only like, mm-hmm. like the took only my thing. black clothes yeah yeah like got rid of them I mean, got, like like school clothes every year uh-huh. and, then and I, like three years where they're like no no black like not yeah. even like stripes or polka dots nothing like no black i also can't which is why like, the black is just so sleek looking i mean i just you know wear the nipples they want me yeah <laughs> I have an older sister, and there was, like, I would, me and my friends liked to dress up a lot when we were little kids and, like, make videos. We made videos to put on YouTube. And uh, I had, like, these, like, mesh gloves and, like, some some scene-looking gear. And my sister was like, please don't be goth. Like, do not be goth. That would be just so awful for you. Like, do not do it. And I was, I remember, like, that was a kind of, like, a weird (laughs) defining moment for me where I was like, damn, like, People want me to not be certain things. Yeah, isn't it? It's like, that's a yeah. great point. Like, does anyone else remember, like, um, there's, like, moments like that I bet you can, like, think back to where you realize, like, oh, fuck, this is the expectation, and yeah. then you have to choose, like, well, I don't want to mean it, but what are they going to do? Or, like, what will the quote-unquote consequences of that be? Will I be ostracized? Mm-hmm. Will I be name-called? Like, whatever. Or my parents be coming to the worshiper? You know, yeah. And, like, oh, for me... Uh, it's so early on. It was, like, all that first grade shit, but, like, sixth grade was when Michelle, she was at the other school, and she came over for this math thing. And I don't remember how long, but there just one day I had caught myself and realized I would stare at this cute little girl all afternoon, and that's when I go, oh, no, that thing where you're, like, going to burn in hell because you're a deviant abomination from oh, God. I felt that for so many years. And I was like, well, we're just going to go like this. Then we just go, stop it, <laughs> down there. We're going to look at the teacher from now on and not think about it until next year when we get paired for a work project. And then it's all downhill from there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, that sixth grade was a real – there was a lot of things, I think, sixth grade, but that was the biggest of, like, ah, oh, fuck. These people are nuts, but I gotta, like, play the game. Yeah, I mean, there was a long time in my life, honestly, where I, like, I did play the game. Oh, yeah, you like, I was somebody else, like, I was straight, I was Mm -hmm. cis, I was, like, I was Republican. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you guys, my, when I was 18 in Kansas, it wasn't the big election, but in, I voted for sure Republican, because I just voted where my dad told me to. that makes me feel so good. Yeah, and I was already. By then, I was like, fuck your church. Like, I was still living at home, so I didn't say that, but, like, I knew it. But I was like, why would I You're have gone like, with his political beliefs? What like, just fuck? on, like, there's just, it's such an <laughs> inner struggle for so long. I didn't know, though. I thought that my father's political beliefs would at least be aligned with Jesus and all the bullshit they were, like, saying they meant. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, I think I did that, and then I learned what politics really were about, and I was like, motherfucker! My parents are the assholes mm-hmm. all over, like, everywhere. Yeah, I figured it out, like, maybe or not my parents, sophomore like, year. Yeah, sophomore year of, like, high school, I was like, oh, my God, I've been being a dick. Yep, like, yep. I was like, oh, damn it. Damn it. The queer thing I definitely relate to, because there was a time in, like, so I'm very aware of other things. I'm not always aware of myself. <laughs> and my parents picked up on the, like, oh, they kind of are a little fruity. <laughs> and so I stopped getting to have female friends uh-huh. over. And my parents like were like, oh, you should just find a different group of friends. What? But they're going to be, but who? They're girls. I know. Like, they, they just be I'm sure. Girl? Did they want you to bring boys? Over That's what I was like, like what? what? Kind but of they also. Hetero pushing his But back, also, like. I had a friend that was a guy in down the street from me. And my stepdad took him outside with his dad and was like, you need to leave my daughter alone. So they just wanted you to have no friends. Um, so I was just an extremely isolated person and, yeah. like, also extremely queer and being, like, I'm gonna fucking burn in hell and yeah. also oh, being, God, like, yeah. but she's so fucking pretty! <laughs> oh, it's, and it's, yeah, 
the internal struggle. Yeah. And being like, do I become a disappointment and burn in the forever fire? Or become a faggot? Those are the two options. See, for me, that's what I mean. I like, okay, so not to TMI, but I'm pretty sure I probably talked about this in a different episode. I can't remember an age where I did not fucking masturbate. Even though the Catholics were telling me I was going to burn in hell. So, like, literally from five, I was like, God, God didn't strike me down. <laughs> and I, was, I remember being like, I feel like he'd be, like, totally okay with this. Like, and so, like, that was the, like, first time where I was like... Five-year-old me is like, this man is not keeping up with the promises. Right? So, uh, but I knew you can't ever tell anyone. So my survival strategy came to, like, live a double life. Oh. So I would do whatever the fuck I wanted and, like, you had a lot of really gay game? sex really early. And it was awesome. But, you know, in secret. Yeah. And, like, and that's a whole weird fucked up thing to your brain that you have to deal with later on. Uh, because then it's, like... I lived that way, but then, obviously, trauma of her dying, but then getting into the real world, I went right into, okay, but now, like, that, I'm straight, I'll do the, I gotta be straight, like, like, uh, that was a phase, was a phase. Right, right, it was just a special thing, I need to go to college, I need to get the house, and I do, like, I'm queer, I, like, genuinely like men, <laughs> so, like, also, that was really confusing. Jenna, are you telling us that your college experimental phase was to be straight instead of gay? Okay, no, no, <laughs> I, 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 I did, no, no, I did, I did, I did, gave up like things but I did okay so no you have to understand I'm so old when I was in high school no no gay lesbian so I genuinely when I got to college and all the weird sh- I, and I did like men so I was like well I'm not a lesbian because I like really genuinely and I'm attractive and also had lovely experiences with men and uh then I was in my freshman year of college and like a psych- some class and bisexual was in a textbook and I go what? And I, like, my friend, I go, what is this? Like, I was like, read this. And she's like, yeah, did I? I was like, no, 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 but, like, what is this? She's like, you don't know? I and I was baby? like, is this a thing? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, is this me? Like, because she knew about Michelle. And she was like, oh, yeah, but, like, yeah. yeah. I was like, and then it was just like, I didn't even, my brain was, like, scrambled for a real long time trying to figure out. And I, like, my partner and I, my primary, we're non-monogamous. Obviously, because we, I met him when I was 18, so that was the other thing, someone I was genuinely attracted to, and I started a relationship with a man, but it was very hard, like, not to just keep going on that pathway. I mean, I, obviously, like, the two loved him, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like, I didn't, but like, so our story is then, like, you know, we became 30, and I was like, we need to know who we are as an adult without each other, and then that led us to non-monogamous great. That's so, awesome. Awesome. but yes, yeah, so I went through being super queer to, like, not totally giving up. Just understanding yourself more. But yeah, like, and also I became an alcoholic for 10 years. <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot of things that got away from me being able to like, self-actualize. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was a little distracted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we all go through it. But we get there. When we get there, you're not ready until you're ready. ready. <laughs> So, how about we talk a little bit about those experiences specific then to, like, getting out of high school and, like, deciding to, I don't know if you went straight to hair school or, like, what your paths were, but maybe, like, you could talk a little bit about your pathway to Zanons and, like, experiencing these sort of things within that very specific environment. Um, so, my, my first non-high school, uh, experience, I guess I decided to, to choose to go to private school. Oh, I went to Creighton after I fucking hated I, Catholic. I went, so. I went to York College. I don't know if you ever heard of York, Nebraska. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. drive through there to get to Hutch, where That's I can exactly Kansas. That's exactly all there is there, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I guess I didn't know they had a college there, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a private Christian <laughs> campus. Oh, like, you yeah. go to, like, the, the big, uh, uh, like, gym-type thing, uh-huh. and you sit in the bleachers every morning at 8.30 in the morning oh. and talk about Jesus. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, Creighton was pretty cool for being a Catholic yeah, institution. No, I, it was like uh, a normal college. I did one semester there and I passed freshman seminar. A plus. Good job. No for the D. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a pass. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, oh, I, I did fucking nothing. And then in 2018, I went to a cosmetology school and didn't pass. And then I went to Zanon. And here I am. Um, I don't know. I feel like 
I don't know. I can't relate to the. the well, I was gonna say guess, for you though. You said in high school, right? People are yeah. like, uh, called your names, and so like maybe getting into Zanons and stuff. Did you get any more feel like yeah, like people were like you or well, or at least like they weren't gonna call you names for how you looked, or like did you feel a little bit more sense of community in like that school setting, right? Hair school versus high school, or was it like similar in different ways? I feel like there were like three people that I got along with really, really well, and the rest of them were, like, 19. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and that made, like, yeah. age, when you're, the older you get, the less it makes a difference, but life experience with age, when you're yeah. young, like, a year or two, depending on the person, can make yeah. a lot of difference in, like, how you would relate, for sure. I think that the three people that I got along with were relatively alternative, two of the three. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, curse is the third, yeah. But, like, I don't know. Well, I imagine, okay, because obviously I'm like you guys, and I go to stylists like you guys, and I've all, but I forget, there's like a whole part of the industry that's like mainstream, right? Like where, it's like, what, okay, so I got, there's an insult in my friend group, I don't know, I should say this on podcast, maybe I'll edit it out, you can cut it, but uh, once someone angrily was mad at me, and they used the slur, West Omaha mom to insult me. Oh, wow. I do that a lot. Uh, I, right? Uh, yes, because it is a slur. I, yeah, okay, I, but I'm sorry. Look, you're looking at me. I, I do live in West Omaha, and yes, I have a human child, but like, in quote unquote, do I look like a West no, Omaha? No. no. Okay, right. But I believe there's a lot of, that's the vibe, I guess I'm saying. There's a lot of that mainstream people who are seeking yeah. what would look like a West Omaha mom, right? And I guess. You can tell me that's probably more maybe of even the stylists that go into this oh, industry yeah, than yeah. like people like you and I. Yeah, or, I think yeah. like when people think cosmetologist or stylist, they imagine someone with long, beautiful, highlighted hair that's like super tiny yeah. and yeah. super fashionable, always wears super heels when nice. she's at work, yeah. Yeah. always has her makeup done. And the realistic thing, like one of the things that bothered me the most about like that is how the beauty industry, we literally had someone come into one of our classes and be like, if you're not going to do hair and makeup every day, why are you in this industry? No, do you, you have to, to wear your yourself? makeup on the floor at school every 100. day? Yes. Yeah. No, that's okay, I, I think that's fucked up too. Yeah. I think if you want to wear makeup, and I could see, not like, I don't think you should have to like, have some sort of fancy do, but like you have a haircut, you probably look like that every day. Would that, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. like, but like. I gotta do, I gotta put it on. I could like, see like. <laughs> Wanting your hair to look good because you are hair stylist, maybe, but like the makeup thing seems like out of line, right? That just seems like it should be more of a personal choice. I, I would agree. For me, with the that. makeup thing was like I wanted to fight it just because of the queerness. Like I like to present masculine. Yeah. Sometimes, like what if you don't wear makeup? Sometimes like, I don't. That's a look. Sometimes yeah. my look is not wearing makeup, but that's not possible because you know the beauty industry is still kind of a oh, little yeah. stuck in the past. Like. Yeah. They've got like their index finger in the door, and but they're all the whole body is like in behind. Pitch. Yeah, yeah. Like they're trying, you know. We're getting away from using speech like men's haircut and women's yeah. haircut, and charging yeah. a a woman more money for the same thing that a man would get, like yeah. short and long hair. Yes, that's what it. Oh, good. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, like getting you, away from you that is great. Cut. Maybe a short haircut. Is, well, I always get color, color top, but so. yeah. Well, like just your cut in general, like. Clipper yeah, cut. I have no idea what my cut. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it's a clipper cut. Yeah, because she's Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She uses her shears to like trim. No, Ryan, she yeah. she cuts that all with her shears. That's a knuckle cut. What are you talking about, Ryan? Oh. You know, I do have my <laughs> own in between sometimes. <laughs> uh, but I think that's a huge part of it is like the expectation of the beauty industry for everyone. Well, that beautiful is wearing makeup. It's you not an objective yeah. beauty either. Yeah. It's yeah. The, you have to create your own beauty, and if you don't fit into the lines of what I mm-hmm. decide is beautiful, then you aren't. And it really doesn't make sense because cosmetology and makeup, hair, it's all self-expression. So yes. it really doesn't make yeah. sense for yeah. them to be like, the way you express yourself is inappropriate, no, and you're doing it wrong. There's one, one exactly. school that is in the area that you cannot have, like, 
can't have visible tattoos, and the only piercing you can have is, they said a nose stud, you specifically can't have gauges, or an industrial, which is, I think, is really specific. That is very well, that's specific. That's one of my favorite piercings. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, insane. But, like, that. you can't have a hoop and everything, and I, well, like, I had set up a tour there, and so I got that paperwork, and I read it, and I called, and I was like, is this true? Like, I can't have piercings? And she said, no, and at this point, I had my cheeks done, and, like, I don't know, just like a couple other things, but specifically the cheeks, these are, these are hard to get. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, well, I'm going to cancel my, my tour then. And she was like, you really won't take it out for a year? And I wanted to be with me, and you don't know how much money's in my face. So yeah. I have a $400 face right now. No. <laughs> no. No, but eyebrows, you know. Anyway, but yeah, like, why are you putting a self-expression field into a do a stereotypical box. box. Literally yeah. one of the most artistic fields. You're too artistic! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're not painting on canvas, you better you better keep it in. Yeah. Just put yourself together. Well and tattoos like and that's what I think you guys like and cool about like where you're at is like it makes so much sense to me. Like piercers being in a salon and like I mean, I come in with tattoos. How do you think I'm going to feel if I go into a salon with all these, like, uppity people who, like, no one there looks like me? You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's also just weird that they think, like, people like me don't want haircuts. You know what I mean? So, like, like, why would you not want people who look like me to be available to cut my hair? Or, like, right? Like, it's just, yeah, self-expression. It's a weird It definitely goes into, like, societal, like, if you look like me, I'll make you look like... Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, bias. And just, like, repeating Mm -hmm. that. Like, kind of like hiring bias, right? White men hire other white men. Like, blondie blondie girls don't like coming If you're a commercial plastic salon and you're like, I want clients that come in for highlights and all of this stuff, and that's fine if you want highlights and stuff, but if you have stylists that have highlights, they're more likely to bring in clients that look like them and have the same kind of hair as them, Mm -hmm. which I think is why a lot of us get so many colors because they're like oh this stylist knows what the hell they're doing or like they experience the same things that I do yeah so I feel like it's part of that which is wild like to even like why would you want only bitches coming in with long hair that they want a simple trim and highlights when you could get people who want maybe wild cool mullets and complicated haircuts and fucking crazy color they have to get redone every so often because color like this fades so much fast you know it's even to me just like i hate capitalism but capitalistically really fucking dumb you know (laughs) like you're literally just cutting yourself off from a flow of market because you're being bills. You know, yeah, like, it just seems like a weird take for a lot of reasons, but even, like, in the capitalist society, you would think that money would motivate them, and, like, you, could you, is it not, I mean, I don't know the answer, but wouldn't you make more money if you had a diverser clientele, but especially one that had, like, more color needs and shit like that? I feel like, y'all make, y'all pay my bills. Right? I feel like the industry, and, like, this is a hot take. But I feel like the industry is moving towards more of people like to specialize. Mm. Like, I specialize in this, and I only do this, and that's what I'm doing now. Okay. Like, but when you start out like us, like, we're fresh. We want, I want anybody and everybody. I'm not being picky right now. I want Mm -hmm. everyone. Oh, I yeah, will yeah, do totally. anything. Yeah, you want to learn. You want to learn. Yeah, yeah. As you should when you're new. But at a certain point, it does seem like a lot of people that have been in the industry for, you know... 20 plus years are kind of like, I only do this and that's it. If you want something else, go somewhere else. Yeah. Because and, yeah. they have, they make the money to be able to turn clients yeah, away. Yeah, they say, no, I don't want to do this. Whereas, like, personally, yeah. I don't love doing highlights, but I'm going to do them because yeah. I'm not replacing you yeah. with somebody else, right? Like, I'm going to do the highlights. Not my favorite. I wish they were pink, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm pretty good. Well, at and it. I think that's yeah. the thing that we're all saying is like, it's not that you would ever, yeah, not want to give someone what they wanted if they oh, wanted to highlight, yeah, but it's yeah. like, why is then the industry or, like, the systems with which you learn and work in very much applying a weird thing of that to you, Why right? is there a default? Why yeah. is there a default for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, it's just a fundamentally doesn't, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. But, luckily so, maybe we can then lean into a little bit of, like, why you chose Grey House and maybe what you think is hopefully happening better there, like, that attracted you to their culture specifically. Is it a little bit more where, I mean, obviously you work there, so you're attracting, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I go there. Yeah. And, like, also thinking about, like, I mean, that's what I mean. I've been with Lisa now, literally... 
it'll be like 11 years. So you'll cultivate clients like me, like, whew, they'll get attached. And that'll yeah. be nice. And you'll have hopefully like a client base of recurring too. Mm -hmm. But oh. talk a little bit about going from school to mm -hmm. where you are now. So um, at the end of like your, your school career, it can be this thing called externships. You essentially go to whatever salon and you shadow them and you can get like uh, credit for your hours. So I did an externship, I did a couple of days, and I went and shadowed people at JCPenney. And um, it, the reason I was attracted to it is because health insurance, like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, I don't have that. to advertise, like, my books will always be full, and, like, you know, just, like, learning in general. The thing that really, like, turned me off from it, though, is, first of all, dress code, you're technically a JCPenney. You don't have to wear, like, a so brown you know, apron, I feel like, or something, maybe, when I've seen them. That could have changed. I think that would have been years ago. But yeah, the dress code for JCPenney and the salon is like red, black, and white. Like you might be able to get away with pink, but that was it. But then the other thing was like, so, you know, if I'm struggling, like, let's say with a haircut or something, can I like turn to the stylist next to me and say, hey, what do you think about these layers? Like there's something weird about it. And the lady was like, no, we don't do that. Like very competition based. And I want, I want an environment where we all work together. Like. Yeah. I can turn to whoever's next to me and be like, what do you think about this? And get advice and not feel some kind of way about it. And I... The collaboration. Yeah, yeah like yes. working together as a team. Like, just, I mean, the person's already in my chair. I'm already going to make money off of them. Yeah, why like, what are you doing to not help me? Yeah. Like, or how why is that you, hurting you? Or? Why wouldn't you want to help me succeed, yeah. you know? Like, we're homies, right? Well, and... You do a bad job on that gal's hair. She doesn't say you did bad. She says JC Penny Salon did. So yeah. it affects that bitch too, dum dum. Yeah. Like, right? <laughs> you know, because also no one's gonna know. They might have, you know, they don't know it's not her. Yeah. You know, but she thinks that they're gonna go out and say your specific name, but probably they just would have been like, oh, JC Penny's fucked my shit up. Right. You know. Yeah, that's what I really like about the Grey House. I can be very open and like. Even with most of my clients, I can look at them and be like, you know what, I don't know exactly what I want to do. I'm going to grab so I just need a second opinion. And that makes, I feel like most of the time it makes them feel more comfortable. Oh, hell like, yeah. I'm not just pretending that I know everything and that I know, it's like very elitist, I feel like, when you, when when you present it that you way. You can tell when everything. someone's faking it in that yeah. sense. When they're in the midst of using a skill on you, whatever that may be, you can like tell when someone's nervous. Yeah. And so yeah, I, as a client who's been in the position of like, clearly someone sort of was, yeah, trying to like work above their pay scale, it's like, oh man, so uh, I'll just like, say something and then I've had people be like oh no 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 and then they like fuck up my hair it's like hey I gave you the out you're like taking it you know? the pride kicks in now. but yeah yeah. I, yeah with the gray house like it's very it's a welcoming community everybody we're a part of a team we're not out for each other and like honestly as long as you're not hurting yourself or others we don't give a fuck what you do or who you are whatever sit down let's do your hair yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, when I was, when I was still in hair school and stuff, I kind of started taking note at, like, what salons were in town, just trying to, like, pay more attention when I drove around Omaha, like, because there's so many. Yeah. And I distinctly remember, like, in my earlier time in school, I drove past the Gray House and didn't even know my, like, Lisa worked there, didn't know anything about it, and I thought, I want to work there. And then, uh, you know, I got closer and closer with Lisa at school, and eventually I found out that she worked there, and I couldn't believe it. It was insane. And then we found out all these other things about ourselves that just linked us, like, through, like, I used to go to her salon that she used to own. Icon? Yes. Yes, that's where I met her. Yes, and uh, I literally used to go there, and Bonnie, my now mentor, would cut my hair, and Lisa would cut my mom's hair, so, like, it was just crazy to finally meet back with her and yeah. to be a part of her team has been amazing. Like, I never wanted to be in a salon where it was competition-like. I want, I wanted a community where I could lean on the people that were around me and if I needed to, and they could lean on me, you know? And that's exactly what we have. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, when I was in hair school, there were a lot of, because I'm openly non-binary, and there were a lot of, like, I don't want to say issues, but kind of issues where people yeah. weren't respecting that identity or, like, they weren't... Oh, in Nebraska, they didn't respect your pride. I know! What? 
Mm, it's yeah, crazy. No, of course, of course, yeah. Um, Very legitimate. I would like thing. be obviously offended or upset about it, and Lisa would be like, "Yo, I know it sucks, but you gotta do it. You gotta get through it." And that's something that's super great about Lisa is like she'll comfort you but it's going to be factual and logical when she comforts you and she'll give you a solution whether or not you're looking for one um and that's probably one of her strong suits and one of the things that makes me so like attracted to be in an environment with her because she's a very good leader um where she'll like she's very calming but also very like Hey, I understand you don't want to do it, but you just gotta fucking do it. Yeah, like, she's it's like gonna stern suck. enough to be like, yeah, you're gonna be like, you're right, but like not too stern to where you like feel attacked or berated yeah. or. She, like, or she, or I guess that's more. She's yeah. really good at that. She yeah. addresses us all as adults, like we're yeah. not her students. We are kids. her coworkers. Yeah. Even though she calls us baby birds, that's yeah. that's that not is, yeah. That is yeah. That's endearing. That's endearing. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. not to meant to be yeah, yeah. condescending. She doesn't anyway. Yeah. 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 She sure. doesn't patronize or like disrespect us or see us as somebody that doesn't have information or experience. She yeah. always is very like you guys learn from me, but I want to learn from you as well because you guys yeah, are the future you. of the industry. So you guys have things that I, in my 20 years of experience, don't do the same as. I, I have things that I can learn because yeah. you guys are new. I'm old, and you can learn things from me too. Like, it's a very good exchange of information as well as like teamwork, yeah. which is like great. That she doesn't like question how we're doing things. She might be like, "Hey, you know, what are you doing? How are you doing that?" And if she doesn't think that what you're doing will be the most timely or whatever, she'll be like, have you thought about doing this, right? But at the end of the day, if we say, no, I see what you're saying, but no, I'm not going to do that, she'll be like, okay, because we're adults and we are, you know, in charge of whatever we're doing. So, like, yeah, I think that it's really awesome that she, you know, like I said, she doesn't question what we're doing. She tries to help, and then she's also asking, what are we doing? So maybe she can, like, Yeah, like you said, learn, totally. What I hear is not only like collaboration, but it's a really cool sense of like, again, we're humans and we have a lot of wisdom we can share within each other, even though our experiences are different. And like, just because you're younger, doesn't mean you don't have wisdom to like offer other people or other people that are older than you. Like my whole career, I started with teens, one because I was traumatized as a teen, but uh, I just hated that age because people treat you like you're not a fucking human and you don't have sense in your head Mm -hmm. and you probably have the most sense of your life at like 16, 17, 18 until people tell you you don't. Uh, you know, but like you really know what you want though. I was doing some dumb stuff. Well, but why? Because everyone told you you were weird or you were or that I couldn't do this or took your friends. (laughs) They told me that I couldn't do that. And And, like you were just trying to find some fucking joy, right? But like yeah, because teenagers deserve autonomy. I think teenagers deserve to be treated like just like <coughs> you were saying. Yes, do they have a whole shit ton at 16, 17 in sort of wisdom to offer? Like, not a shit ton, but they do have some. It's not like nothing. You know what I mean? To look at them like they have no oh, yeah. life experience that, that offers them insight is well, like fucking like, annoying to me. Especially our generation because we got... Yes smacked in the face with technology like yes, hey you're you experiencing your life but here's everybody else's life 25,000 no, miles away from you exactly. <laughs> I can't fathom that I'm of the like cusp generation where um when I was 16 the rich kid in my high school had a flip phone but he was like the only one yeah. and like when I was 18 I got my first cell phone when I heard about <laughs> I graduated college in 2006 and one of my buddies was like, you got to get on that Facebook. Yeah, I was like, Facebook? He was like, yeah, Facebook. I was like, what the fuck is Facebook? He's like, yeah, Facebook. And I was going around. I was like, where's this Facebook? Like, is it like a year? Oh I thought God. it was like a book. And then they were like, no, it's this like website. And I was like, what? I like could not comprehend what the fuck these people are talking about. And so I wasn't on Facebook forever because I just didn't get it. And then I mean, I obviously get sucked in. I, I but I can't imagine having it in my youth. Yeah, uh, I wish I I wish we didn't. It's honestly so bad. It's yeah. so funny because I feel like our generation gets a lot of shit for technology, but the other people cre- exactly. I they, didn't make I, it. I'm doing the exactly what it was made for. Made it, and now it's my fault. Yeah, the your fault that you used it. Like uh, these 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 older people made it, and now we use it, and everyone wants to 
just Same. give us so much shit for it, and it's like it's and not they my knew fault. what they were doing. They Your knew the dopamine. He didn't let fucking Steve Jobs didn't let his children use that shit because he knew how bad it was. So also that they yeah. fucked you. Sorry, <laughs> they did. I mean, it's honestly not fair. Like when no. when I when older people talk about their youth, I I almost feel nostalgic for it. Oh, you yeah. guys! Because you know, I, I never got great. to experience that. I yeah. mean, as far as technology, really, okay. it was yeah. Like I, we were just talking the other day. We all do dumb shit as teenagers as well. That's part of being a teen. You're learning fucking about life. None of our shit is like on the internet. You can burn it all. So our buddy was telling us this story. Him and his sister, they have a video from a cruise they went on when he was like, so he would have been twelve. <laughs> He's singing. Put some sugar on it, <laughs> right? And like, and so it was on a VHS tape. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck it was in, but he didn't know it was apparently in his college shit. So he's <laughs> like, I get home from like class one day, and the entire like sorority fraternity, like they were together, were watching this video. Oh my god! Talk about a traumatizing. Like you guys get that because your shit could be on the internet anytime, oh, it right? Is. It's so common for this to happen. You but just for have us, to live with that's that. such this, a like would ne- like never happen, right? So we, these people all see it, but he took that. We were like, we have to see it now. He's like, oh, I burned that shit. So he, because we could, he's like, oh, that does not exist anymore. Because yeah. he could burn the VHS. Yeah. Right? And like, you guys don't have that luxury. I, I can't fathom the dumb shit I did. I remember when I was 16, I was, I was in California with uh, my, <laughs> I was hanging out with my <coughs> older friend. He was like, he was like in his 40s, but whatever. Oh, you mean so, a, not a groomer? It wasn't weird. It really wasn't, I promise. But uh, he was telling me about, he was like, yeah, when you're with your friends, make sure they don't take any pictures or videos of you. Because that shit's going to come back. And I was like, dang. And I like took that. I was like, don't take pictures or videos of you doing dumb or illegal stuff. Because that will never go away. But like, yeah, for us, embarrassing videos... Uh, those lit, my, I mean, my mom decided to import anything that was physical and make it digital and put it out on me. Oh, no. Yeah, so, I mean, I, but now it's just, you know, that's something I have to live with. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's the struggle. Well, I just, you know, and I, I feel like it's almost, you can turn it around to a positive where, like, yeah. it, it was so bad at a certain point that now it's like, ah. Like, well, look at me now. Yeah, I looked like that. Look at this glow up. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Well, and I do, that's why, nothing, I'm a big believer in Buddhist stuff of like, there's no like good or bad, whatever, but like, so it sucks in this, but also, like, there's growth, like, in, right? There's growth in that. <clears throat> For our generation, I think that's part of like, there was a lack of accountability, maybe. Not like that you should have your embarrassing shit on the internet all the time, but like, right, maybe the accountability that we people live in needed. a hyper, I feel right, like. Right, like, like just being account, not even accountable in a, like, but just like someone not seeing this mistake, so you're forced to be like, ah, I fucked up and like learn from it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so there was probably a lot more of like, especially patriarchy and male behavior, right? I feel like that. I mean, it won't let you get in police patrol and all that, but, like, things going kind of unchecked because people could do dumb, fucked-up shit yeah. without any, quote-quote, consequence, right? Oh, no one ever, and like, found out or whatever. And that's still proof yeah, to it. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's still, even with all of that, it's still For those a thing. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you can have physical proof, and it's... And it's, oh, uh, oh my god, yeah, I, yeah. I still can't see it. Oh, that's I'm the wild part. Blind. I can't oh, no, see yeah. it through my eyelids. Yeah, they're, tra- yeah. Well, or they're just telling glasses, you what you saw glasses. isn't what you <laughs> saw, oh. and you're like, but like, there's a video Glass of it, and they're like, no, that's not what's happening in that yeah. video, but you're not really looking at I'm watching it. <laughs> I see that happening. Yeah, that's what's, well, I think that's part of what happened to our generation, right? We want to be all pissed off at you guys, blah, blah, but like, what? what is our generation who didn't have it in our youth? doing now, they're the ones gaslighting everyone. Yeah. They're the ones going around being like, you're not seeing what you're seeing and you're watching too much social media and yeah. your, your brains are fucked up. Cause you're, and it's like, Oof. what the fuck, people? Like, when did your minds go bananas and think that, like, even things like, as we started with, shitting on non-Jesus-loving Christians and Catholics, like, that's what I mean. Like, my whole deal, like, I'm queer literally because, like, the way they describe Jesus to me is like this all beautiful, loving creature, human thing. I was like, yeah, that's me, right? Like, so that to me is like literally being gay, oh like God. being Jesus, and oh, which yeah. is just loving other human people yeah. for who they are. Like, 
And then like what and asking them like how what do they need? And if I can be a part of that. <laughs> but right, exactly. It's like I can but, uh, this. This I makes sense. Like right. Um, but now that's why I hate all this Christian shit because they say they're Christians but they aren't doing anything that Jesus fucking said. If Jesus was a real person and any of those documents about him are true, you're not doing any of the fucking shit that he. Proclaimed to have done. They're ignoring that one thing that, uh, that says something like, you know, like, Jesus can judge me. They're like, ah, oh, well, I I am judging you, though. Yeah. But they say, I'm judging you for Jesus. Cause Je-, and it's like, no, 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 no. You, Jesus didn't give any judgments out. That was like the whole motherfucking deal. The Pope? Yeah. Oh, I just found out, too. I, didn't, I mean, I knew the Catholics. I was like, why are they so fucked up, right? Did you know Catholicism itself started as an arm of the Roman Empire, so the mm-hmm. state? It is a state. That's I didn't why they necess- have to yes. separate church and state. State apparatus. I always wonder why is it in Rome, right? Why is it in this Rome and like white people? When did that happen? From like obviously with Jesus from the military. It's because it was the I know it was the Roman Empire uh, that the state. Yeah, they. I forget, but like that's kind of how the church started. I, I knew that maybe it was the public school. They yeah, see, I, I just I just knew we were the one true religion. I was like, but. Wait, but we're not, like, all of this doesn't seem like it was around since Jesus was, yeah. so that seems weird. Well, there were religions before uh, Catholicism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus was a Jew. Yeah. Catholicism is actually a combination of Islam, uh, based Christianity, and, uh, another one. That makes it. Well, Judaism, and also, they, like, yeah, was like Judaism. culturally appropriated a bunch of paganism, too, right? Like, oh, yeah. Christmas oh, yeah. is all pagan holidays that they were just like now it's Jesus (laughs) right but for people who hate on pagans they really did just kind of appropriate everything huh oh (laughs) everyone yeah straight white people taking shit from other people saying it's theirs that's that's insane unfathomable (laughs) blasphemy white culture what even is it uh what is Well, how about we wrap up with some final thoughts. First, anything you guys want to plug about yourselves and or if you want to tell the audience anything about, like, yourself as a person or a stylist so you can just kind of give your final thoughts, anything you'd like to share, promote yourselves, and then we'll be done for the day. Sound good? There you go. So, once again, I'm Ryan. Um, My Instagram handle and my TikTok handle are the same. It's SLT period stylist so uh scorpio leo taurus <laughs> stylist also like the, it kind of looks like slut because i don't give a fuck what you are yeah but yeah you can see all my work on there you can message me on instagram um tiktok is weird so i guess we have to be friends if you want to message me there but yeah nice uh once again i am gil um Obviously, I do hair at the Grey House with these other two lovely people, and uh, my Instagram handle is Gil Does Hair, and there's like a underscore in between all of those as a space, you know. (laughs) You'll figure it out, you'll figure it out. Uh, I'm Hayden, again. My my Instagram handle is, it's a lot. So it's Roy G. Biv. Uh, and then I V I D Cosmo. Um, and I am a queer stylist. I love doing fun, funky hair. Love curly hair. Um, colors and cuts are super great. I mean, any big transformations or little ones, I'm always down to have any client in my chair and get to know you, you know? You do it all. Yeah. <laughs> I just think the Grey House is a super great environment, it's super open and welcoming, and all of our stylists there are really talented. So anybody that wants a comforting, open, and kind environment for hair and other fun stuff, definitely should check it out. I highly agree. I was, so the last time I was there, I wanted to talk about this, so wrap it up with this little story. Um, one, it was so fun to come in and be like, oh my god, someone came in because of my haircut. Because literally, again, a day does not go by that someone's like, oh my god, I love your hair. And I'm like, oh my god, this is where to go. And many people are like, oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, oh, but you can. 
But uh, then that day also, and Hayden, I think it was your client was next to me, this lovely, again, neurodiverse gal, like a teenager, and she was going to Disney. Do you remember this? Oh, yes, I do. Okay, yeah. No. Oh, and she, and, okay. she was chatting at Kathy, but I honestly, that's what I meant. It, I just chatted. I could just, like, join in. like popped in your combo because, like, my kid's neurodiverse. Like, I don't know. And so, yeah, it's just, like, this environment where there's a bunch of people and chairs and you guys and, like, Everyone, yeah, I see, like, the collaboration when I'm there. And it was just, like, I just remember that day. And I, like, really like talking to your little client. And, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a really great atmosphere. Everyone's really fun. You feel in good hands, I feel like. So. I'm so glad. Yeah. So go to the Gray House Salon. What's the address? I don't know. Okay, it's off, like, 89th and Center. Sorry, I don't know it's the on, exact. It's on, it's 87th and Center. But it literally looks like a gray house. It's right next to the high V. Yes. <laughs> um, and so if you want good hair, that's where you go. Any other final thoughts, baby birds? Just how much we love you, Lisa motherfucking Anderson. That's true. Yes. Absolutely. So much love. Thank you yeah. for bringing us all together. Yes. yes. All right. That's all for now. Bye.